We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Thanks for listening as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. This is Red Under Carbonation 200. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. I don't know about you, but I love Christmas movies. You like Christmas movies. I love all of them. Uh, not all of them, but a lot of them. That's one of my favorites. I love to stroll the malls at Christmas time and sip my hot cocoa. I love to go to, I don't know if anyone here, I don't ever walk down this area at Briargate Mall ever, but at Christmas time, I like to go there, walk past all the shops. I don't really like shopping, but I like the lights. Do you know what I'm talking about? That place at Briargate right by the 25. It's got the lights. It's got, they have the music playing outside and the snow is gently falling and you're sipping your, really my caramel, like my uh, salted caramel mocha. That's what I really like. And my kids with me and we're just enjoying our time. It's nice. I even like the Hallmark movies that uh, my wife watches. Anyone else watch them? Close your eyes and raise your hand if you watch them. Yes, I see you. Go ahead and everybody close your eyes. If you watch a Hallmark movie, would you raise your hand? And I'll, I see it. I see that. Yes. Lord, we just pray for these people. No, I like those movies. Hi, Chappie. How's it going, Pastor? Nice to see you. Um, I like the, the way the, the, the girl comes back to the small town from being in the big city and meets the boy again from high school, and they get together, and they go to the annual holiday festival, and they, they enter the... See, I'm good at this. I've watched them all. They, they enter the um, gingerbread... <laughs> baking contest and they win and then they kiss and it's awesome and there's snowball fights with fake snow and it's amazing yes i love it i love it all i love the sugar cookie and the tree lightings it's the most wonderful time of the year in fact i even like the song it's the most wonderful time of the year does anyone like that song it's the most wonder don't sing it with me i'm just saying it's the most wonderful time of the year you know that one where kids jingle belling and everyone telling they'll be of good cheer you know that one um i don't know what much mistletoeing or kids jingle belling really is i don't know what scary ghost stories have to do with christmas does anyone else but um it's in that song um but I do like it, but I wanted to ask a question. When the song was written, did they consult with anyone here? Did they consult with anyone? Because to say it's the most wonderful time of the year kind of sets up December for all of us, especially Americans, and we've talked about this all day today. It's kind of been a theme gone through the day, that it sets us up for um, a malfunction, if something goes wrong at this time of year or if it's already gone wrong it highlights that that mess up that mishap that thing that uh, gets us down and i mean if you don't have parties for hosting and marshmallows for toasting you might even say this is the most depressing time of the year you might say if you don't have loved ones near or your heart 
isn't glowing, hearts aren't glowing, loved ones are near. If you didn't have those, you might say it's the most overrated time of the year. You might even call it the most disappointing time of the year. Now, you're getting depressing here, and I'm, not, I'm just getting real with you, right? It's actually nice to admit that, like, okay, yeah, it is sometimes. <laughs> it is kind of the, a sad time of year. I think Andy Williams is, he sings that song the best, I think, and I think he's one of the greatest Christmas crooners there is, but I don't think you can ask him for the philosophy on how to act at this time of year or any other time of the year. And I was wondering, if we don't look at a Christmas song like this, where are we supposed to look to find truth of how to live? Oh, I don't know. I wish I did. Well, God bless you. Have a lovely day. No, why don't we look at the first Christmas? I want you to look at Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. It's going to be on the screen. If you want to look in your Bible, you can as well. And I can bet you all the frankincense, gold, and myrrh in the world that Mary and Joseph did not sing. It's the most wonderful time of the year. I want to do a musical, all right, Elena, where Mary and Joseph come down the aisle singing that, okay? That would be great. Of course, the, the theme of our uh, month, and you could put up that slide, the most wonderful time of the year. I want to address the triumphs of Christmas time, but I also want to look at the trials and even in those difficult times, I want to encourage you of something. And I'm expecting an amen after this. I encourage you that God is still at work amen. in your lives. Amen. I want to call this message One Foggy Christmas Eve. And I have three gifts to give you. They're disguised as um, sermon points. And they're um, to encourage you. That even in not so picture perfect times, everybody smile. It's going to be a great, just get, or I got to see the Christmas tree. I got to see our decoration. Even in those not so picture perfect times, that God is still working. Lord, we thank you for this season that we are in. We thank you for different seasons. I love summer, but I like it when we have other seasons too. I thank you for all of them. And I thank you for the people that are in this room today. We have not stopped celebrating Thanksgiving. Let us continue to be thankful people. I am thankful for this church and for every person in this room that you brought together today. And I pray that you would open our ears to hear what you have to say to us as we, cl as we close today in Jesus' name. Amen. I love this church, and yes, I am very biased, and I have not planned to say this, but while I was praying, I thought, I better just say this instead of praying it, because it's going to take a long time. So I just love, I love seeing Paul playing. I love to see Pastor Thomas was playing the bass today, although you're not as good as Jordan. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you might be. I love to see having a violin on our, uh, now I'm going to leave people out, but I love all of it. I, love, I loved how Pastor Christian came up and shared the community. That was beautiful. I told her, beautiful after she got done. It was the perfect way to do it. I love John Bright, who was here early, putting communion together. I love the decorations. That the, I'm, I know you're like, get on with it, but I do. I thank you. I love this church. I love being here, and thankfully I do, because I go, because because I have to be here, <laughs> but I do love it, and I hope you do too, and I hope you get to know people around here, because they're some of the nicest people, these two ladies right here, I don't know if you've ever met them, but 
there's usually a couple other ladies with them and um some of the nicest ladies you'll ever talk to you gotta you gotta meet these ladies we had a drive the other day we were cruising through town and and um guys were whistling at them in the car it was really embarrassing but um no i'm just kidding um it's a good church and i have this the reason it reminded me of that is i have this in here it's an invitation to our church we have these all over the place back there someone asked me last week do you have a way for me to invite people to church because it's the best time of year to invite people people will be like no nah, i don't like jesus oh but i like christmas i'll come and you give them this and it tells them what time and everything is great so grab some of these invite someone or just give them your bulletin it has all kinds of parties coming up i mean we have to be one of the top um 1000 fun churches in this town i believe i believe um i want to ask you a question how many men in the room um have ever had a wife give birth before raise your hand or how many people know what that means yeah everyone pretty much knows that birth is an amazing miracle but it is disguised in something called labor and that's exactly the reason they call it labor they even call it a delivery which when you um, exercise a demon out of someone you call it deliverance so um, it's not always the most beautiful thing but what happens as a result is beautiful um, I know that if you, if I gave the opportunity, the microphone to ladies and said, please tell us about your, your birth, because ladies like to talk, well, mine was this way, and this is what happened. Well, I'm going to tell you what happened in my birth. I didn't have a birth, but my wife did, and um, I love her, too. She's in the kids' ministries today, and I love everything they're doing there. And Lord, we pray a blessing over all of our kids across this campus, and I pray that you would um, teach them today and that they would hear from you and they would be inspired from you in Jesus' name. Our oldest son that just went back to college, his name is Noah. Um, he was our first, so... Um, yeah. When we when we took a when we went to the hospital, we went like at six a.m. and we were smiling and carrying all of our gifts from um, like our our what do you call them shower that they had. They gave you bring them to the hospital with you, and you're smiling. and And it was six a.m. and we thought we'll be out of here by ten, and it'll just be a wonderful life. And um, about fourteen hours later, through the labor and a C-section and an emergency C-section of that, and I know I know many of you have had those too. Um, Jay, uh, Noah was born, and um, about four days after the recovery, we took him home, and we weren't smiling when we took him home; we were crying, <laughs> and we were scared to death. And many of you can relate with that. And if you're thinking about having kids, especially if you're not married, it's horrible. Don't do it early, okay? It's hard enough. No. Our next two kids were a lot easier, but this one was not very easy. And um, I say that to say this, our first point today. Miracles often start as messes. Miracles often start as message. Let me explain my first point in Luke chapter 2. As we sweetly quote along with um, Charlie Brown, put up that screw, that's Screwy, I didn't say screwy, I said scripture. That screwy scripture about, we sweetly quote it with Charlie Brown as a romantic Christmas, but it really started as a mess. And it says, as it came to pass, and it came to pass in those days, that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Ooh, I don't like to be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. 
So one foggy Christmas Eve, all went to be registered. Everybody say registered. Everyone to his own city. I'm going to stop right there. Rome wanted to raise taxes and make sure people were paying them, and it wasn't a nice little 1% offering. Here you go, Rome, let us live our lives. No. Caesar was extorting most of the income of the people, not to mention the tax collectors added a good chunk as well. They got some for themselves. And if he could register all the people, um, then he could know how many people there were because more people had been born and there was another one going to be born very soon, right? And he needed to count them all because the more people, the more money he was getting. So he said, just to be sure, we're all going to go to your own hometown. We're not going to miss anyone and we're going to do this the right way. Merry Christmas. So um, on top of that, the requirement to register and pay taxes on themselves, Mary and Joseph, were going to have to pay on their baby. And I could imagine when they got there, are you obviously married? Um, n no, we're not. Well, is this obviously your child that Mary's carrying? Well, it's not, I'm not really. Hmm, what's going on here, right? Are you trying to trick me? Are you trying to lie to me? And Mary and Joseph were afraid because at any given moment, a Roman official, at any flippant comment to the soldiers, he could say, kill these people. I don't, I don't need them. They're trying to get by with something. I don't need them in, in, in Bethlehem. It was a bad time. And usually censuses were actually done where you lived, not your home, own hometown. But this time, just to make it extra special, he made them travel to their own hometown. Caesar decided to do it old school. And you thought it was a risk to take an airplane trip, you know, if you are in your fifth month of pregnancy. Well, let's just be safe and stay home. Well, they, they were in their ninth month in the last days of the pregnancy, and now they are to get on a plane. No, they didn't have a plane. They were to get in a nice Cadillac at least to drive where it can be comfortable. No, all Joseph owned was a donkey, right? He had to get Mary on a donkey, take her three days away, a three-day trip on a donkey, carrying whatever tax money he could find, and if he did not um, get killed by the Roman officials when he got to Bethlehem, he was sure to be attacked by raiders on the road, carrying all the money he owned, and leave Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus soon to come for dead. That's probably what would have happened. The most wonderful time of the year. How special, right? No mistletoeing or hearts glowing. Miracles, though, often start as messes. And I know that's obvious, but sometimes we think there's no mess involved with the miracle. We had a rough time in our childbirth, and for the literally, I think it was the first two years of our baby's life, Noah, he cried like the entire two years. And I liked babies, and I thought I could handle them, and I would have my parents fly out, and they would try to take care of them, and they would say, I don't know what's wrong with your baby. It was just, it was, it was bad. It was tough. 
And if you were to tell me this gift, this little baby was a gift from God, I would have to tell you the same thing I said to Cynthia on one of our many long car rides to Bethlehem trying to get him to sleep. I would say this, you're the one that wanted to have this baby. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe I would have said that. I never said that again after Noah, but you're the one that wanted to Why? And we're crying in the car trying to get him to go to sleep. Which brings me to the second gift I'll leave you with today, and that is this. Miracles that start as messes are often disguised in difficulty. Look at verse 4 with me. It goes on to say in the story of our not-so-sweet story of our Savior, it says, Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, just to be clear so you know it was a long trip, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, the house of bread. Because he was, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child, or who was really, really pregnant. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. We cruise through this little passage, and I know that you've looked and you know there's some uneasy things here, but you know those pictures um, that they have, what's wrong with this picture, and you're supposed to circle, oh, look, he's got a pot of stew for a hat instead of you know he's got donuts for instead of wheels on his car those kind of pictures well if you look at this picture there is a number of things wrong with this picture and I'm just going to circle a couple of them for you or maybe five or six talk about difficulty one of them said um, his betrothed wife hmm. which means there was no wedding yet they were not married yet they were betrothed to be married. Talk about gift difficulty. Who was with child? We talked about that already a little bit. She delivered. Did she deliver nicely in a hospital? Did she deliver nicely in the comfort of her relative's home? No, all it mentions is a manger because there was probably some family in town that day from their, their, their family. And, but the reason that says there was no room for them in the end, it was really talking about houses. It was probably one of their family's houses, and they said either they were full or if she's got a baby, they're going to let her in, even if they're full. They maybe were saying, no, you're not staying here. We're not letting anyone um, get us confused with what's going on with your life. So that was a, that delivered, that's, that's a mess. A manger, yes, we know what a manger is. What is a manger? It's a trough where, where the animals eat out of, right? It also says no room in the inn. You mean to tell me nobody had mercy on a lady in labor? Not even the family, no. What a mess. That became a miracle disguised in difficulty. Now, the last thing I want to do is compare you and I to St. Mary because we're not going to compare ourselves with this. Now, she may not have been a saint, but the Catholic Church calls her a saint, and I would call her a pretty amazing lady, but we're not going to compare ourselves with her. But I will say this. When difficulty happens, when trials come, it always seems to be in a place like Bethlehem or a place like 
a quiet place, a lonely place where no one cares about you. It seems like, would you agree with me, when grief hits, when depression hits, and now I'm going to get a little like stepping on toes here because this is all of us, when disappointment hits, when hurt, when bitterness comes, when anger is afoot in your house. I talked to some of people this week about their Thanksgiving and it wasn't the lo most lovely time for them. When these kind of things hit, it seems like we're alone. That's where the enemy would love us to believe we are. No one is there. No one is around. You are by yourself. No one cares. Not even God cares. You are alone. That's what it seems like. Obviously, that's not the case. And ironically, we're celebrating Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us in the middle of talking about a horrible, sad disappointment, it seemed like, in Mary's life. The, um, you may feel like that today, alone, in your sickness, in your disease, in your depression, in your difficulty, in your grief. Not at home, sweet home, but in Bethlehem, away from where you live, away from family. But listen to this, if you don't hear anything else today. <laughs> I hope you heard something, but if you haven't heard anything else today, listen to this. Maybe your mess isn't because God is birthing the Savior of the world in you through immaculate conception. I pretty much could bet that no one's having an immaculate concession conception in this room that means that the holy spirit got you pregnant with the son of god i don't believe that's happening you might say well that's not happened in me that's not my difficulty but i would say this god still might be and that's why christmas time is so easy to preach because it's just what it is god might still be birthing something new in you through the power of the holy spirit he probably is, and he will probably use the circumstances that are surrounding you right now at your Thanksgiving, at your Christmas time. He will use those things to help grow whatever he's birthing in you. No, God is not a maniacal like I'm gonna birth something in you and it's gonna be hard and I'm gonna do it just because I can do it no he knows this world is sinful and there is a lot that he can't fix he can't repair but what he can do is regardless of what is going around use those things to grow something new in all of us that's not some necessarily a great news because you would say well I would rather not grow anything in me okay thank you I didn't need this I, I and I'd be very personal but I would suggest I would assume that you would say this Kay. right I didn't need this in my life to grow anything new I can grow regardless of bad things don't make bad things don't allow bad things if there's bad things around keep them away from me I will still grow in Jesus and that might be true but it might not be true either. Maybe he wants to grow in us. And yes, I am going to reiterate again. It's not necessarily God making them happen. But when they do, God is going to use the things in our lives to do something new. 
The last thing I want to do in Christmas time is to preach a sermon. Bad things happen to good people, but that's kind of what this is. It does happen, but God uses these things. Which leads me to my last gift of encouragement. Could I have some music and we're going to close here in just a few minutes. Maybe your mess isn't because God is birthing the Savior in you through immaculate conception, but he is birthing something new in you. And here's the last point. And the mess and the difficulty, and I'm going to highlight the uh, first word that we started with, miracles. Start with messes. I'm going to highlight miracles now. In the mess and the difficulty, God wants to birth miracles through us. He, every day, he wants miracles to happen. Sometimes they're gigantic. Sometimes they're things you would run up to the front to shout to the whole world. Do you, can you believe what God did in my life? And then sometimes those miracles you don't even tell anyone about. And you just, thank you, God. But they're miracles. They're miracles. Sometimes the miracle is that he is using your situation to help someone else to come to know Jesus. Maybe someone that you never met or you never will until you get to heaven. Maybe your miracle that, that he's birthing has to do with, uh, with finances or with, with a miracle in your, in your healing. But sometimes the miracle happens through someone coming to Christ. I don't know what it is for you. But I would say this, in the mess and the difficulty of the Christmas season, God wants to birth a miracle through you. And I know he's birthing a miracle through my sister that I just caught eyes with back in the back row. Back in the back row there, Esther, I know um, that he is creating a miracle in you to bring many to Jesus. But Mary's mess, mess included a census and a manger. Your mess um, might be similar. It might not be your doing, because Mary didn't want the Mary didn't want the census. I'm sure she didn't. It might not be your doing, even the mess that you're in, or maybe the mess you are in is your doing. Well, that's no good. Let's think about that for a second. The mess that I'm in the middle of right now is because. I did this. Yes, that happens. Some of you, that's what you're dealing with. So what you have in the, to get to your miracle is a lot of guilt. But let me tell you, whether, whether it is you're doing or not, Jesus is bigger. And for some reason, he decides to forgive you. He decides to have mercy. He decides to have grace. Maybe your mess is all the enemy. It's the enemy. The, he, he got you. He got a hold of you. He caused addiction to happen in your life. He caused death to happen. He caused depression. He caught whatever he did. You can blame it all on the enemy. Some of you, that's, that's exactly what it is. But God can still do miracles in those times. Do you know that Jesus was arrested? I don't know if you remember what we just celebrated. But it's probably the greatest miracle through a mess. Jesus was arrested and his friends were thinking, what the hell has happened in this country that the devil has killed our Savior who was supposed to save the world? Do you know what Jesus did? Oh, my mic got turned down when I said the word hell. <laughs> I feel like it did. You, you can still hear me though. 
I mean it. I mean it in the literal sense. What the hell has happened? There's hell all around us. Yet Jesus used it to bring us forgiveness. That's what. That's pretty awesome. So, nonetheless, if Jesus could do the things he's done in his life, give the blind their sight, turn Saul into Paul, he can work miracles through our messes. Would you bow your heads with me today? I want you to look inside your heart, look inside your emotions, your mind. We talked theologically today. That whether it's the most wonderful time of the year or not, emotionally, theologically it still is because Jesus still won. Jesus still will bring you victory. Jesus still will be with you. But theologically doesn't always equal how we feel inside. And so today, Lord, we come before you. We do some business with you. And we admit, yes, we might be hurting. We might be depressed. We might be wondering instead of in wonder of the wonderful time of the year. But we know that we know that we know that you are alive and that you have come to be our wonderful counselor. As Cena shared with us, wonderful counselor, mighty God, our prince of peace. I want to ask you to do something, and this is not what the innkeeper did, and I don't know if it was really an innkeeper or it was just an uncle or an aunt of Mary and Joseph, but they said there's no room in the inn for Mary and Joseph. Would you at least be accommodating that if you will make room for Jesus, he will find a way to keep your joy present in this time of year your peace will not be stolen if you will make room in your heart for Jesus he won't guarantee a life without mess but he will promise that he will be with us in our mess and work through our difficulties to create something new Lord we love you today if you are here in this room today and you need to make a new, fresh commitment to Jesus. Maybe you've not been serving him. Maybe you have a reason. I have a good reason I am not serving Jesus. I have been through a divorce. I have been through a difficulty. I have been through a death. I have been through loneliness. I have been through sickness. I have been through unemployment. Whatever it is, I'm sure Jesus dealt with it in his 33 years on this earth. And if he didn't, he still would promise you today, I am with you. And you might say, I don't have room for him. I haven't made room for him. Today is a perfect day, December 1st, as we begin this holiday Christmas season, Christ season, to make room in your heart for him. As This is for those who are making a recommitment or a first-time commitment. Would you, everyone with your eyes closed talk to Jesus and see if that's something you need to do? I want to agree with you. Not because you need to agree with me, but sometimes you need to just confirm, yes, I need to do this. Billy Graham used to have people come to the altar. Sometimes we'll do that here, but the way we're going to do it today is just look up, and I'll see your eyes meeting my eyes, and I'm agreeing with you. Today is a recommitting day to Jesus. This is a day that you are saying, Jesus, I will make room for you this 
holiday season and hopefully forever. Amen. Who else? Amen. Who else? Amen, sister. Amen. Who else? Amen. Amen. You know, when I see eyes meet mine, I see a blessed assurance, something that they won't know what that means even. But back in the day, we used to sing a song called Blessed Assurance, which basically says, wow, I feel certain that I'm going to make it to heaven. There's something of hope that arises when I see people's eyes. Anybody else that needs that today? Amen. Anybody else? Right on. We're all going to say this prayer together. Amen, my brother. Let's all say this. Let's just make sure we are bound for heaven. Would you say this with me? Lord Jesus, everybody together, Lord Jesus, you are the king. Even through the mess, you will make a miracle. And today I come before you, and I ask you to forgive me of my sin. And I say there is room in my heart for you. I promise to do my best to serve you. And when I mess up, say this, and when I mess up, I ask for your help in Jesus' name. Would you all stand with me? The true message of Christmas is not to make you more aware of your mess. That's not the, that's not the purpose. Although that seems to be the, what you see often, this is Christmas time. See these happy people? I feel sad. It's not to make you aware of your more aware of your mess. It's to remind you of the miracle Jesus can do through it. Amen? Amen. We're going to sing this song together as we close. I'm going to bring, is, is Bethany in the room? Thank the Lord. Anyone who wants to come up from the worship team, you can come up. We're going to sing this. What a beautiful name. It is Jesus. Because what happened at Christmas, we can theologically declare and hopefully convince our emotions that it is the most wonderful time of the year, regardless because God is at work. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is, nothing can stand against, what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. My sin was great, your love was greater, and what could separate us now? What a wonderful name it is, what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing can stand against what a wonderful name it is, the name of Jesus. I'm going to offer this because I know that um, the nature of this message and the nature of this whole theme causes people to need prayer for things. So I'm going to ask for uh, a number of you that feel... Um,
willing, would you come stand up here to pray for people? I'm just going to just leave it open. Feel free to participate or not, but come up and stand here. Be ready to pray with people. I know we have many here that will do that. And as we close today, um, stay quieter in this area up here. You can go out there, la laugh loudly, scream, yell, but be quiet. Let's respect this area up here. Come on up if you need some prayer to gird you up for the season to come that God would bring you understanding, that God would bring you wisdom through this time. God bless you. Have a blessed Thanks for listening week. today. Remember, God wants to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.